Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce we're being supported by Old Glory Outdoors. They're a veteran-owned company that carries fishing and hunting gear. Plus, they're highly active in supporting veteran organizations and charities. Old Glory is an authorized dealer of favorite rods, FX rods, Guggenbaits, X-Zone Lures, Sixth Sense, and many more. There's a brick-and-mortar store located in East Brookfield, Massachusetts, but you can also order online at oldgloryoutdoors.com. They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order online and pick up at the store. When you order, use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS and you'll save 10% off your complete order. Plus, you'll help support the show. Make sure to check out the apparel line called OGO Gear while you're there. Old Glory Outdoors believes in the slogan, start them young, to keep kids away from screens and enjoying nature. They've got a full array of live bait too. Check out oldgloryoutdoors.com and use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS, save some money, and gear up now. Bobby Roast Beef here. It is uh, Tuesday, and it's time for another episode of Jigs and Bigs. I got a good one for you. I got Sean the Fisherman on with me. Uh, we're in the month of August right now. We are in the Chronic Trips of Elevated Virtual Fishing Tournament, and uh, it's just been action-packed. Uh, lots of great stuff has been happening. We've got uh, a lot of people that have been you know, getting into this for the very first time. It's really, really cool. I have uh, been – well, I have been really, really – just doing nothing as far as this tournament in the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's been it's been a struggle. But I had a couple of really really great days. Let's check in with Sean. Sean, how's things with you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm I'm hanging in there. You know, I'm doing all right. I actually I just got back. You and I had uh, totally different days fishing. Uh, I just got back from uh, Connecticut where I fished with uh, three past guests all at uh, one time, and we had an absolute blast. Good good stuff out there. How about you? How was your day? Well, I had the uh, I had the the tail end of the double header with uh, with Mark Huard. He took me out for trout last week. I took him out for bass this week. Nice. Um, we, yeah, we uh, we caught a few, but nothing uh, nothing of any size. Uh, went to a a lake in northern, I guess, central Massachusetts. I don't know, Quabbin area, I guess. Yeah, north of Quabbin. Uh, yeah, we it was it wasn't Quabbin, but we went to uh, one of the one of the lakes north of it and um, caught a bunch of bass. Uh, it was his, not only his first day in a kayak, but his first day using a bait caster. So I kind of, um, you know, offered whatever help I could when he was going through it. I mean, first day with a bait caster, he had a few backlashes. It oh, happens, sure. and, uh, and it was windy enough that he was getting a, <laughs> getting a trial by fire with a kayak getting blown around a little bit, but, um, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he got, he got a bass submitted. He, uh, he finally submitted a legal large, large mouth for the, for the tournament. And, um, I was able to submit a, uh, finally get a black crappie on. And uh, upgraded a perch, and then you know, a uh, bunch of little bass, and uh, caught, oh, caught a caught a juvenile northern pike. And there was always question marks about if pike were in this place or not. And well, Con- confirmed. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, 
So. I had uh, I had a completely different experience. I fished with uh, with Damien from Stretching Lines Tackle. Uh, he invited me down to well, I guess it was sometime middle of last week to uh, organize something for early this week. And I had uh, I had mentioned to him I also had plans to fish with uh, YouTube's Fishing with Becca. And I said, you know, why don't I just kind of like why don't we all get together and and put this you know make this happen? And then as it happened to work out, work out that Todd Grubbs has uh, moved to. Uh, to Prov- or to Rhode Island, and uh, Becca had suggested she goes, "Why don't I, I contact Todd and we'll, we'll all of us will get together?" So that's what we did. And essentially, I mean, the real competition here was who could catch the smallest fish. Is ultimately what it <laughs> got down to. Um, if you check the Instagram for the show, check the Jigs and Bigs Instagram. You'll see a picture. I got a selfie with all four of us, and uh, I put a picture of what I thought was go- definitely going to be the smallest fish of the day. And it wasn't. For that, you're going to have to go check out uh, Fishing with Becca's Instagram to see the, uh, I'll say the mini monster that she she hooked on a jig. You're amazing. She she hooked this little son of a bitch on a jig. And I mean, when I say small, like it, it's a largemouth, but it's tiny. <laughs> it is super tiny. It could be fake. I don't know. I'm calling shenanigans on that one. Unbelievable. We had a great time, though. We had a whole lot of fun. Went back over to uh, Damien's Got Family that lives right on the lake. We went over there and fired up the grill and had lunch. And then I had headed back north so we could get all this stuff done. Just a whole lot of fun. We had a great time and uh, talked about a few things that we could work on uh, down the road. Uh, some things that involve listeners specifically and uh, some of their you know content viewers and subscribers and things. And uh, it just it was it was a whole lot of fun. We had a great time. I got to tell you, I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sure I'm supposed to mention this just yet. But Damien, uh, for those that don't know, Damien runs Stretching Lines. Stretching Lines makes uh, a variety of baits, a lot of soft plastics, and today he was sort of testing a prototype and this is the biggest the 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 largest uh plastic worm i have ever seen it looked honestly it looks more like an eel it's monstrous and it's got uh i i think there's a rattle inside i mean it is this is a beast he 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 gets into doing some pretty large baits uh he does a whole spectrum though and i that was actually throwing his stick worms all day and they were getting you know a lot a lot of a lot of bites from a lot of small fish but nothing that was looking to hook up say la v say la freaking v what did you guys do for boats? Was uh, did you go kayaking, or was it two bass boats, or what? So here's the fun thing about that: <laughs> we did. Um, so Becca had, uh, and I didn't even get the story. She said that she's like, you know, she's like, I really feel like I kind of need to be on my boat. I guess she kind of busted her leg up pretty bad at some point or another, and she's like, hey, instead of just sitting in the kayak, I'd rather just be on the boat, be able to like stretch it out and everything. And I said, okay, that's cool. And <laughs> she's like, you know, we we checked it out beforehand made sure that it was the body water we were going to would you know facilitate all that and it definitely did uh we went under a bridge and it was a little bit dicey i didn't know that they were necessarily going to make it and i say that because i went and uh i i went hopped on damien's boat now damien is a card carrying member of tiny boat nation like he has a 10 foot aluminum uh revamped like bass boat conversion basically and when I saw this, I was like, I knew he had a, he was he was into the whole small boat thing, and I'll say that uh, both Damien and myself, well, anybody who has seen me knows that I am a uh, a man of significant stature, and uh, and Damien has some 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 uh, is is a, a big guy himself. So I told him, I said, you know. I don't know if uh, this 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 
tiny boat is going to facilitate this much beefcake. You know, if it's going to be able to to handle what we're going to be putting this thing through. And I can say beyond the shadow of a doubt that it performed well beyond what I expected. Unbelievable. So he's like, we'll try it. We'll see what happens. Um, there was, uh, one, you know, and, and he's got one seat in the back and, and definitely it made things easier if I would sit down in the back, have a lower center of gravity. But we were able to both stand on there and fish. And it was, it was, I was shocked at how, how, how well this boat performed. Unbelievably. And uh, it was a good time. A whole lot of fun. And, you know, I mean... We, uh, we, we went under this one bridge that had very, very low clearance. We had to crouch down on the floor in order to, to scoot under. And I did not know if Becca's boat was going to make it. It did. It just, just, just barely made it. But uh, we had a good time. It was a whole lot of fun, like interesting uh, lake. There's, uh, I guess it's, it's been drained at some point, and so the bass population is growing, uh, and, and there are some quality fish in there, but I guess they do tournaments all the time, and uh, it was a whole lot of fun. We had a good time. Nice. Yeah. First, uh, first time I ever dealt with a submerged bridge. Sub- submerged bridge? Yeah, like an old bridge that they're like, nah, we don't need this. Flood it. Huh. Yeah. All right. I mean, crazy. <laughs> Um, and were, there I, fish, were, there, were there fish on it? Uh, not. I threw a jig around there a few times, and I didn't get any bites there. I mean, where it's located, it's very much in the middle of nowhere. It's like a giant hump with a hole through the middle of it. It's kind of strange. Huh. Yeah, I, yeah I've, I've never experienced anything like that. So I did I did mention to uh, Becca, Todd, and Damien that we all got to get together and get them up on some Berkshire Brutes. I was like, you got to come and, and try this out, and, and we'll bring you to, to one of these spots. We'll do, like, we'll just, all, all of us, we'll get together with the kayaks, we'll go out in the whole armada. We'll, it'll be, it'll be freaking Nibbler Palooza. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> no, I Don't know. jinx us. We're going to go out there and catch big fish. Yeah, well, that's what I would like, you know, absolutely. Because <laughs> I, I got to tell you, the nibbler game is getting strong with me. It's it's frightening how strong this is. Oh, It's a very good year for nibblers. They've been out. They are. They've been, I mean, they've been out. It's a good, it's definitely a good thing uh, for the bass population. You know, anytime you get too large of a group of any one particular size, it can it can have an impact on the growth overall. But uh, I mean, it, it means that they're making it. You know, <laughs> they're at least making it. Yeah. There's generations there, so that is definitely a good thing. One thing I do want to jump into before we touch on the chronic trip stuff is that uh, you and I have been talking about uh, uh, about a couple of, of 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 things that we've been working on, kind of behind the scenes. And one of the the major things that uh, has recently gone live is that Jigs and Bigs now has a Patreon page. Uh, and a Patreon page, for those that aren't familiar, is basically uh, a, a spot online where content creators can put up uh, additional content, bonus features, things like that, extra stuff on top of what they're already putting out. The idea is that this is a way to offer up extra stuff at a on a subscription. So what we've created, and there's a post right there now. If you just go to our Patreon page, it's patreon.com slash jigs and bigs, or go to jigsandbigs.com. There's a become a patreon button there there's also in the menu there's a button to visit our patreon visit that and there's you can check this out for free we have posted our each of us put together our top five of brand new iCast items that are out on the market coming out fresh for you guys and this is sort of the things that we're excited about 
I think it's a really good uh, little extra to put out there. I figured we'd throw that out there. But with things that you can expect to see on Patreon, uh, the list is just going to grow and grow and grow. There's a few things that I'd like to do as far as uh, running series on fishing and parenting, like how to get your kids involved and sort of get them uh, excited about fishing and active about doing all kinds of stuff. I also have, we're going to be doing some exclusive giveaways for our Patreons or for our patrons rather over at Patreon. Uh, things like specialized merch. We're going to do uh, specialized trips, like all kinds of things that we're going to add to sort of like enhance that experience. Now, what what's Patreon or who is Patreon for? Patreon is really for those those big fans of jigs and bigs that are really like, I want to get as much content as I can from them. So for right now, we are limiting the first hundred people to join can lock in at a $5 a month subscription and they'll get all access to the entire Patreon, everything we put there. So what that means down the road is guest hosts, follow-up interviews, uh, all kinds of specialty topics, tips and tricks. We talked about that, Sean, doing some tips and tricks and like hacks, things like that that we can offer there. We're also going to be offering a few other things like video. When we start doing some stuff that includes video, it's going to be on the Patreon. What happens after those 100, 100 spots are full? Well, all that means is that after that, it'll be a tiered segment. So you can choose your subscription and go up from there. But those first 100 people get locked in. $5 a month. You're talking $1.25 a week and you can get some extra content. And as this continues to grow, more and more things are going to start adding up there. So there's not necessarily schedule. Go check it out now. Check out the five, our top five things each that we're excited about from iCast. And uh, we'll have more stuff popping up there, you know, week after week after week showing up on occasion, all for you guys to check out and enjoy. It's going to be great. I agree. <laughs> So what do you say we jump into the uh, chronic trips news? What's happening with the tourney? Let's talk chronic trips. Well, so I got my I got my notes in front of me. Let's let's run through this. So uh, this week uh, we are now up to sixteen species have been submitted. I'm going to read off those species because I went through and counted them, and a lot of them came out of the uh, the any five category where if somebody catches something that's not listed as a you know species that we're looking for, fire it in there and and it'll count. So we've got. On the board, brown trout, catfish, crappie, flounder, haddock, largemouth, northern pike, white perch, yellow perch, chain pickerel, redfish, smallmouth bass, striped bass, porgies. Porgies or pogies? What are they? Porgies are from Star Wars, right? So pogies. <laughs> no, they're, they're porgies. I thought they were. No, porgies are those stupid things. Porgs. Porgs are those stupid things from Star Wars. Yeah, porgs. Yeah, porgies. Yeah. Porgies are fish. They're also. I think they're also called scup. I thought they were called pogies, not porgies. Whatever the hell they are. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't fish, I don't fish saltwater. <laughs> I don't fish saltwater. Damn it. Thank you, Laura Huard, for putting those things in and causing me this moment of frustration. <laughs> All right, so we got that lingcod in there, and then a couple of bluegills. So sixteen species so far submitted. That's a lot. Longest. Longest fish of the week. Congratulations to Berkshire Brett, who topped his 26-inch pike with a 33-inch pike this week. That is fantastic. I saw yeah. that come through, and I was just like, dude, good for you, Brett. That is awesome. Yeah, so when I saw that, yeah. I was my first, my first thought was congratulations. And then I looked at it, and I said, well, Brett, why didn't you put that in the any 5 And mm -hmm. he goes, dude, he goes, I... I I hovered over the button whether to put it in any five or, or pike because he already had a 20, 
26 and three quarters, I think was his last one mm-hmm. um, in the Northern Pike category. And I said, we well, should put that one in the other one. I said, why wouldn't you do that? And he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, I'll get more. So Berkshire Brett, <laughs> that's the right attitude right play. there. Yeah. So he's going to get some more. So that was, um, that was good. So we had a few uh, leader changes. I noted some, some species that we had changes in. Yep. Crappie changed. Flounder had an entry, um, so by default is a change. We had a change in largemouth that I'll get to in a minute. Okay. Uh, redfish, we had a first entry, and we had a whole number of stripers, uh, stripers thanks to um, Mark and Laura Huard who went out on their boat, and uh, they raised some hell with the striper population off the coast. So Did they also um, indeed punch the stripers in the mouth? I don't – yeah. I think there might have been a jab or a right hook toss yeah. at a few stripers. So they, they did a bang-up job. So we also had uh, – we also had a lead change in the any five category. So um, last week, um, I think we left off the any five category was, uh, and I, I I did get a uh, um, a tip from from uh, Joe at Old Glory on how to pronounce Teddy's last name. Oh, okay. Forge it, forge it, forge it. So we okay. said we said forge and forget. It's forge it. It's kind of a so hybrid. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I learned something. It was great. So uh, Teddy last week was in first. Mark Huard was in second. And our main man, Bobby Roast Beef, was in third. So that got shuffled up a little bit because Tim Jacks, with a combination of pickerel and largemouth, jumped into first in the any five, then Mark, then Teddy. So he just jumped the pack, and you got pushed right out. Oh, yeah. Sorry, man. Hey. Sorry, sorry to be the, the bearer of bad news on that one. Well, you know, my, my squadron of nibblers can only carry me so far. Yeah, the, your squadron of nibblers has been uh, slowly increasing in size. Don't think I haven't noticed the culling going on there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're getting there, slowly. Yeah. Yep. Um, what I wanted to to kind of bounce out and kind of finish this off with, because, again, we're halfway through the tournament. I could go on for an hour with all the stuff I've seen in the tournament with the submissions, and it's just been great. There's been a ton of people submitting fish, uh, particularly this week. I mean – it was hard to keep up with, honestly, and and thankfully there were there weren't too many um you know blurry photos or anything like that. Everyone's done a really really good job yep. using tape measures when they have to. Um, Brett did a really good job with that pike. His tape his um his ruler I think was twenty four, and he put a tape measure right next to the ruler, bumped it up the same way, and you can see the picture. He did a good job with it on that cool. pike. Um, so yeah, that everyone's done a really good job. Um, and I just want to 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 end out with a couple of things. Um. The top three last week, uh, Mark was in first as a can athlete and a sponsor um, with 19 points. I was in second with 18 points, and Teddy Forgett was in third with 13 points. Okay, As of this week, overall, Mark is still in first place. He has widened his lead on me by, by a number of points. Uh, he's got 23. I'm in second with 19, so I got one, but it's not enough to keep up with him. Yep. And then Tim Jacks is in third yeah. with 12. Okay. So that's overall. And now keeping in mind, Mark and I are both can athletes and he's a sponsor as well. We're not getting anything out of this. So that's the overall. That's for bragging rights. As far as the competitors go, I wrote down the uh, the top three, okay? Mm-hmm. Tim Jacks, first place, 12 points. Then there is a three-way tie for second. Oh. Between Teddy, yes, Teddy Forget, Wild Bill, and Berkshire Brett. All nine points, three no of them. No kidding. So that's tight. Let's let's see what happens here. Yep, and it's going to uh, be an intense two weeks. Yep, and then third place uh, by himself is Aaron Coleman, based on on the back of his uh, 
his saltwater catches. Yep. So he's got a he's got a, he's a saltwater guy, I believe, on the West Coast, and uh, he's killing him out there. So yeah, so we got a we got a pretty good horse race for prizes here. Um, like I said, myself and Mark are doing this for fun, and and it is. <laughs> I mean, but uh, the thing in my you keep in mind any points you take away from me and Mark, you competitors, they're going to help you. Um, you know, it's 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 a close race. They're going to help. Yeah, hundred percent. What do we do if we finish with a tie? Oh, so ties. Now that's that's actually what I was going to get to with the uh, the largemouth category. Okay. So lar- largemouth category. Everybody pays attention. To lar- everyone is paying attention to largemouth because that's our number one submitted fish. Everyone around here fishes for largemouth, right? Well, you got bumped out of the top four for that, Yay. or top three for that. Excuse me, because um, Nelson DaCosta yep popped in a twenty inch largemouth. When was this? Which uh, this week? Oh. So when I when I noted that there was a, a, a lead change for largemouth, gotcha. Nelson, Nelson jumped to the top. So when you look at the pictures of Nelson's fish and Tim's fish, they're both twenty inchers. Um, Nelson's breaks twenty, and he kind of goes by my standard. He's in a he's in a number of KBF tournaments as well, monthlies and yearlies, etc. Um, where we round down whatever line you break, that's what you got. So he's got a twenty inch plus. Um, again, the rules for this tournament, the chronic, ter- chronic trips, as we discussed last week, you can round up a quarter if you want. So Nelson could have rounded up a quarter. He submitted it at 20, which that's what I've been doing. There's no fault in that. It, you know, it's not shorting. It's, it is what it is. Yeah. But, um, Tim had a 1975 that was a, a hair, and I mean a hair off 20, but it is short of the 20 mark. So I looked at those two pictures. I mean, Nelson's got the longer fish. So when it comes down to points – Nelson's going to get the four. Tim's going to get the three. Gotcha. Any, anyone can look at those pictures and see the same thing I'm seeing. Yep. But yeah, hell of a fish, Nelson. Great job. Definitely. Um, yeah. 20 inches. Any, any fish over 20 inch in mass is, is just a phenomenal fish. Oh, it's a great fish, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Damn. So, so that's it for the chronic trip stuff. I did have one adventure. I wanted to talk a little bit about if you got a minute. Yeah, let's do it. So you you know uh, you were you were getting a message from me every now and again on Saturday. I, I mentioned in the blog all the time that I, I fish uh, I fish KBF events, uh, particularly with mass kayak bassing, and um, we had a, I, I jump in on the trail every now and again if I can find lakes I'm familiar with. It's it's a drive for me, and I found that if I go to an unfamiliar lake, it's it's a real hit and miss, and I feel I have a chance to compete a little bit better if it's a lake that I'm familiar with. Yeah. So this weekend there was a lake I was familiar with. I went out and fished it. Got up at geez two thirty in the morning. I think I left my house at uh, 3.30, got to the lake by 5.30, 5.45 throw in, 6 o'clock you can, you can wet a line. So I made a gamble. Um, I A lot of the guys that it was it – was, let, me, let me take a step back. This tournament was a weird hybrid between a remote tournament and an in-person tournament. Mm-hmm. There were 31 people in it. There were three lakes, and there was a random draw to determine your lake. Luckily enough, out of the three lakes uh, – I landed on the one that I had experience with, which I was hoping for, obviously. So everyone out of the 10 people except for myself, so all of the nine competitors at the lake I was at had either pedal or powered kayaks, which makes them heavier, um, not as, shall we say, nimble as mine. Um, the water was down at this lake, as we know the drought's affecting all of New England. Mm-hmm. I decided to go to the shallow northern pond. I went under a road, barely got my boat through. It was like less than a foot deep at some places. 
And my first thought was there's a channel that has a whole bunch of flooded brush. The last time I was there, I pulled a number of not big bass, but I pulled bass out. Now my goal in these tournaments is always get the limit and then start chipping away. Right. But that limit is so important. When I got into the channel, I played on fishing. There was like nine inches of water. My heart sunk. I said, Oh boy, I'm here. I got to commit to this. I fished the channel out. I got nothing. There was maybe like a, a half dead bluegill in there gasping for oxygen. Oh geez. And then I got up to the Northern part of the pond and it was a foot and a half, two feet down. So I wasted an hour right off the bat. I decided to go back to the main Lake and, um, I got one bass and then this is where I sent you the text or you saw the, my fish donkey entry. Yep. Um, one of the two, I got a 22 and a half inch pickerel. Well, there was a pickerel side pool in this and I was like, great. At least I'm in contention for that. Now that I've burned, a quarter of the day with one 14 inch bass to show for it. Now I got a good pickerel. So I continued on to plan B, which was there was a Southern pond with some deep water. And I said, well, maybe there'll be some fish harboring there. You know, you've heard me talk about this um, and you can watch it on the lakes, you know, fishermen, when you're out there, every fisherman that I see, and I I say every 99% of the fishermen, we all work the shore. Everyone works the shore. If there's structure a little bit off the shore, everyone works that structure. Um, it's like a, it's like a, a, a merry-go-round, you know, when you got around Lake, you just see everyone hitting the same things over and over again. Now the fish are there, but there's also fish elsewhere. So when I got to the smaller pond, you know, I got in line in the, in the, in the carousel and started going around clockwise like everyone else was, you know, we were spaced out, but I looked to my right at one point the shore was on the left and in a maybe 50 to 60 feet offshore, there was one twig sticking out of the water and I was about eight feet of water and I looked at it. I said, well, that's timber in deep water. Why not? And one cast, boom, 16 inch. I'm like, okay, that made me feel better. There's fish on timber. So at that point, at least I focused on wood. Yep. And there was one tree I went to that was down in the water, about four feet of water. I pulled six fish off of it. There you go. There's my limit. And just because I focused on that. And then there was something funky that happened. There was a wide open space on the shore. It was almost like a beach or a ramp, but it wasn't. It was a... I think it was a, a trail hooked up to a cranberry bog or something. I couldn't see over the hill. I think there were cranberry bogs over there. So that's where I was in the state. Mm-hmm. That should tell you a lot. Yep. And um, fish were blowing up. I'm guessing they were, were juvenile herring or alewives. And I threw on a Ned rig and I hooked into seven fish. All right. The four that did not land were, would have been calls. They were 14 inches, maybe 15 tops, but yep. it would have helped. Yeah. When I was looking at the scoreboard, a lot of people didn't finish with their limit. So it was, that's how important the limit was. You know, one nibbler, 13 inch, 14 inch fish pops you up three, four spaces. Definitely. And, um, yeah, the three I landed uh, because MACB uses a, an eight inch minimum for their tournaments. The three I landed six and a half, seven, seven and a half. I'm like, oh. oh, those are great. I, I mean, I couldn't even get them close to the net. And, uh, it was just, it was that close of a, um, of a tournament where when I got back to the ramp, um, the, uh, the gentleman that won the whole tournament was actually fishing at my pond. So he won my pond as well. Um, Joe Dedeo, I fished with Joe a couple of times. He's a great guy. And he is, when I say national level angler, um, you put this guy anywhere and he catches fish. Yeah. He is, he's not good. He's great. Um, I believe he was the KBF, the, the kayak bass and, uh, kayak bass fishing league, uh, um, rookie of the year last year nationally. He's good. So I said congrats to him. He finished with 90-something inches. I finished with 70-something inches, uh, third in the pond and 10th overall. And um, 
when, uh, when we got back to the ramp, um, I only fished with him once and I don't know his last name. I apologize. His first name's Kelvin. Kelvin got to the ramp all excited and he asked Joe, Hey, did you get anything bigger than 19 inch? And Joe had said, no. So Joe's top fish was a 19. Well, Kelvin got a 21. And I said, wow, that's good. I said, what'd you do for pickerel? Because at, at the time the scoreboard shut down, my 22 and a half was on top. And again, there was a pool for it. Yep. He goes, I got a 23. I'm like, Oh, oh. <laughs> so he got the so lunker Kelvin- and the lunker pickerel. Yeah, so Kelvin, congratulations! Great bass, great pickerel, and you you ripped my soul out. That was excellent. That's 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 soul crushing. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, and then I, I drove two hours home and said, told my wife, I'm said, hey, I'm going to do some chores when I get up. I'm going to take a nap. I didn't get up till four in the morning till yep. I think we went out fish the I was next day. Yeah. That. Oh, so that was yeah, that was rough. But um, no, it was a good time. Um, I got my limit. Yeah, I went out there and I, I hung with some really quality anglers, and that's really all you can ask for. I mean, well, you can always ask to win, and but realistically, you know, you can always ask to, to hit a, a you know a home run if Roger Clemens is pitching against you. But what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. That's the whole you thing. Know? It would be nice if everybody went and got you know a five bag of of twenties or twenty twos, but that's not likely, you know. And I mean, when you when you have what so well, there was what ten or eleven anglers. On well, there was thir- 31 total, total and, and it was nice three because, lakes. yeah, between three lakes. So sometimes you see with those three lake or two lake, um, uh, events, one lake will get hot and you'll see like the top seven or eight finishers, yep. maybe minus one come from one lake. Oh, this one was true. actually really spread out. Yeah. Um, and there was a, there was a, uh, uh, this, this, the, the fee was increased this time. So every winner of every pond received an award, you know, received. Oh, cash. that's so cool. Was, so if you won your pond, you'd at least walk away with, you know, some winnings. Yeah. So that. if you got, that's if your cool. pond was, was cold and you, but you still won it, you were good. I just, I got thrown into a meat grinder and one, you know, yeah. I saw Joe's name on that. And I went, Ooh. <laughs> what can you do, so, man? You just got to give it your all and, you know, shut up and fish. That's how it, how yeah, it works. Exactly. Exactly. And you never know what's going to happen. Like I, I did something completely different the last tournament at mm-hmm. the Nashua river and I won it, you yeah. know, everyone else fished the weeds and I stuck with, with one, um, with, with a, a drop by a dam. And I was, I found fish that were huddled up there on some structure and I squeaked it out, yep. you know, against Don Davis. Don Davis made a late run. He's another great angler that, that, uh, I fished with and, and, you know, between Joe and, and Don, they've handed me my rear end in tournaments more times than I can count, but sure. Hey, you, you never know. All you got to do is win once, you know, it's, it's fun. That's awesome, dude. That's yeah, awesome. So that was that was my weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was a, a crazy weekend overall. Like you had been fishing. You did you fish Friday? Uh, no, I, I took Friday as a kind of a, a break. I, I want to say day. I fished like Thursday or something. Yeah, I, I think you did I'd Thursday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and then today. And yeah, that's dude. That's good for you, man. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, we've got uh, we've got Frank from Slay Nation Small Boat and Kayak Tournaments. He's our guest for our interview. We're going to take a short break. Come back. We've got a Sean the Fisherman segment. Remember, we're going to talk about mammals this time around. We're going to talk about mammals. 
I don't know what that necessarily means or what I'm getting at, but I do know we're talking about wildlife and mammals. Uh, we got Frank after this. Guys, uh, do me a favor. Go and visit us on Instagram and uh, hit that follow button. Follow us because August 24th, we are giving away a high-end premium bait casting reel as a contest to celebrate. We just hit 2,000 followers, and we're already at 2,300 today. Like, this is absolutely amazing. I Thank you, everybody. But we we want to give back, and we figured we would we would partner with a, a group who's doing a huge contest. And check it out. It's going to be really, really good. August 24th is the day it happens. I will have details about the specific reel uh, that that we're going to be giving away to one of our followers uh, coming up in a, in a future episode once all of that stuff is all uh, – get all that information comes my way. You'll absolutely have it. So go over and make sure you follow us right now and uh, tag some friends and some comments and things. Get them to follow us as well. And I mean, it's 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 a requirement in order to win. You got to be following us, and all the details will be coming up very shortly. And this is just the beginning. We're going to be doing a whole lot more giveaways as things get closer and closer and closer. Good, good stuff. Do yourself a favor too. Go over to Hookset Hoodlums to check out the brand new orange color wildworms that they've got. You're uh, you're going to want those for sure. We'll see you guys on the other side of this break with Sean the Fisherman and Frankie Provolone. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Sean. 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 Hey, this is Sean the Fisherman with my weekly story. This is part two of animals. Going to talk about some experiences with uh, mammals in the woods. That sounds really weird, but you guys know where I'm going at here. Um, so the first thing I'd like to talk about is bears. Uh, most people have seen bears. They've, you know, they're in neighborhoods nowadays. It's not like they're they're uh, endangered or you're not going to see them at all. The first time I saw a bear was pretty tame. We uh, we saw him up in a tree while we were fishing. Easy enough. The bear looked at us. We looked at the bear. We went back to our business. And I'm sure he came down off the tree, and that's the end of that. Second time I saw a bear was not so tame. I was in a claustrophobic channel on a lake I fish in the northern part of the state. And the peninsula that's on one side of this channel has a little bit of a hill to it. It was raining that day. It was gray. It was cloudy. A little bit of wind going. I didn't hear anything. Then all of a sudden I hear this huge crashing and I look to my left and got a glimpse of a large figure falling out of a tree. I realized that was a bear that fell out of a tree. I don't know where he's going. I can't see him due to the hill. I needed to get out of that channel as fast as I could. And there was pretty much fire coming out of my paddles, getting out of that channel. The third animal story or mammal story I want to talk about is uh, early in the morning up in the Berkshires one day, I had snagged a lure on lily pads very close to shore. I pulled myself in and getting the lure out was a little difficult. 
while I was sitting in the shallows underneath the overhangs, uh, pieces of the tree above me, the pine cones, small branches were hitting my boat. And when I looked up about 20 feet above my, my boat was about a 10 to 15 pound porcupine out on a tree limb getting a snack. Once again, the fire flew off my paddles. I got out of there and lived to tell the tale, but that was a nasty experience. So be aware of your surroundings. There's animals all over the place. Uh, it's wild out there, people. I'm Sean the Fisherman. Talk to you next week. Hey, guys. Bobby Roast Beef here with a brand new episode. It's interview time here, guys. And uh, I've got a guest here. You've heard him on the show before. Uh, he represents an amazing organization. I have him tell you all about it. Frank Polifrone. How you doing, bud? What's going on? Hey, Bobby. What's going on, my man? You know, How are you? I'm hanging in there, man. I'm doing okay. I'm. Uh, I just we just started a, a multi-species tournament up here, and uh, it's it's insanity. Uh, things have been going Excellent. crazy, and I just found out I may have lost my number one slot only two days in. Uh, to, oh no! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a sponsor, so I can't win anyway. But you know, it feels yeah. it feels good to be on top for a little while. Absolutely, it's the competitive juices, man. That's exactly what it is, a hundred percent. And uh, I got to tell you, I've been looking forward to this. So this summer, I've been looking. Uh, to, to get my hands on a used kayak so I could get my first boat, start kind of working on things. And nice. I, I work with uh, Sean the Fisherman, who is uh, an accomplished kayak fisherman, does a lot of KBF events and stuff like that. Okay. And, you know, now the comp- this is my second month doing any type of tournament fishing at all. And this is, yeah. you know, just, just for fun, this multi-species thing with chronic trips. But it's, it's, a, it's a blast. And it's definitely got me thinking that I want to do some stuff in the future as far as kayak tournaments. And you're the guy to talk to. Before we get to all that, though, let's talk about you as an angler personally. How did you get introduced to fishing, and how was it that that passion grew and grew to the point now where you're you're where you are, where you're creating uh, competitive events for people online? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, it all stems down just like just like a majority of us. You know, somebody introduced introduced me to fishing. It was my uncle, my uncle Wally. Yep. Um, you know, back in, you know, I grew up in a family, we, we camped a lot, you know, that was the summer vacation. It was camping every single year, uh, all up and down the East coast, mostly Maine, New Hampshire, Mm -hmm. things of that nature, but it was always on a body of water. And, uh, my uncle always showing me how to, how to fish, how to, you know, rig live bait, et cetera. And that just stuck with me. I grew up in orange Connecticut with, um, the Wepawag river was the name of the river that went behind our house. I mean, every, Every friggin' day, every friggin' day, I was out there fishing, catching anywhere from trout, smallmouth, largemouth, uh, walleye, you name it. It was in this river. And so uh, that really, it just, I mean, it was um, in the blood since, you know, five or six. I just became in love with it. And uh, I'll never forget, he used to have a cat. His name was Lickety Split. And uh, it was like, he was like a dog. I'd hop on my scooter, pull, Uh go to the end of the street. This cat would run next to me the whole time. Like, no lie. Really? Um, and you know, I just felt like Huckleberry Finn. That, that was like, you know, growing up as a kid, I look, I loved Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn and being out there in in nature and the woods is what it was all about, you know? Um, and it just stuck. It stuck with me up, you know, never had a big boat, anything of that nature, Mm -hmm. you know, always bank fished, things of that. And, um, you know, I got a kayak for, as a birthday gift. I'm talking, this is way before KBF and all that, man. I'm yep. talking, you know, early 2000s. I had a, it was a birthday gift, sit on top, Pelican. 
I think it was actually too small for me because my feet were sticking off the end. But as a gift, I wasn't going to say anything. You're I'm not going to complain. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. You know, so I took it, rigged it up. I did the whole milk crate thing with the rod holders and back. And I was fishing from that thing left and right. Um, salt, fresh, you name it. And then um, I ended up selling that. I got myself a 16-foot canoe. Had that for a long time. But on that, on that canoe was when, like, thinking about tournament fishing – on something you have that's not a big boat, that stuff started to come in th- to play then. I mean, you're talking, you know, 2009, 2008, I was thinking of that. And um, as time went on, I had an opportunity to direct for a small boat trail, the whole kayak, canoe, john boat thing. Yep. Um, that was about four years ago. And I directed it and I fell in love with directing, putting yep. on opportunities. That I, that I found myself really enjoying that aspect as much as fishing them right? That's a bonus. You, you get to put the tourney on and fish it. And so it, ended, you know, whatever ended up not working out with the person I was involved with for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had the term slay nation in the background. I knew I wanted to continue doing this yeah. but in a way that I thought benefited the members, benefited our slayers. Gotcha. Um, and that's, that was like pretty much the, uh, you know, origin of slay nation. Um, uh, you know, that, that three, four years ago, uh, you know, just stemming from a passion of, hey, I don't have big boat. I don't have fancy kayaks. Uh, I just competed in a KBBT. Uh, are you familiar with that, the KBBT? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay, so I competed in that, but I was the only guy in a sit-in Pelican, that you know, $120 thing from Ocean State Job Lot. Yep. And, um, you know, I competed in it, one, to help market Slay Nation. Two, I like the guys that run it over there a lot. Yeah. And um, – <laughs> And three, I just wanted to show people, hey, you don't need a, a, a $1,200, $1,500, $3,000 kayak or, or anything to compete. You yeah. know, just go out there and have fun. It's true. And, um, and that, that's it. And that's what, that's what Slay Nation is all about. It's about just providing opportunity for those that um, everyday angler, right? We all have something sitting in the backyard. I guarantee it. <laughs> you know, you drive around the neighborhood, you'll see an old John boat up against someone's fence. Yep. A canoe a kayak maybe. And, um, and so that's the kind of flavor we're bringing with this. That's awesome. Cause you're, you're right. There's like a whole other breed. You know, I've got some friends of mine, real good friends that have been like gracious enough to take me out on their big bass boats and stuff. Yeah. Don't yeah. get me wrong. There is <laughs> nothing else. I love more than, I mean, it is, it is an amazing way to fish and cover water without yes. breaking yourself. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, for large bodies of water, like it is wonderful. But I'll tell you, there is a, a whole other type of of sport when you're people power. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yep. and, or, or or small horsepower motors like trolling motors and things like that. Yeah. You know, when you're talking some of these ice and the ingenuity between like, oh, yeah. especially like you look at the John boats. Some of these guys yeah. that are doing the conversions from John boats to like mini bass boats are. Oh, forget it. They're, I mean, it's truly, it's absolutely, absolutely amazing. So it's like, I mean. Just for the ingenuity factor alone and that unique breed of sport that's happening with all that, like my hat's off to you. I think that is absolutely killer. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's let's get into some of the particulars about the way you like to fish and some of the, the specifics. As far as your personal preferences go, is there – what's your – now, not, not you know, like taking into consideration like the spawn or anything like that, but what's yeah. your favorite season for Frank to get out and get on the water? Like what's the most comfortable for you? I, I mean, 
I personally, I'm one of those anglers. I like inclement weather. Like I always enjoyed fishing in rain, yep. fishing when it's cold out, you know, in February, March, if there's open water being out there. That's one thing I enjoy. But if I have to choose, I like, I honestly love fishing. Although I love May, I like fishing June to August. Yeah. Um, just fits me personally because I'm a jig guy, right? Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I just throw the jig. I absolutely love it. It's like, you know, it's a blessing and a curse because I will rely on that thing so much in our slay nation events where it's hard for me to put it down. Mm-hmm. And if there, if there's weed, if there's a weed line, if there's heavy vegetation, you name it, well, guess what? I'm throwing a jig. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's why with the summertime, I enjoy, um, you know, fishing during that time of the year, because I know the fish are going to be in those weeds, you know, oh, they're in sure. there. It's cool. It's shady. They can attack. It's an ambush point. Yep. And I, you know, you fish the outside edge, you fish the inside edge, or you just go straight in. And, um, that's, that's my strong point. So, you know, you know, they consider it power fishing, right? Um, so I definitely choose power fishing over finesse fishing. Although I'm not afraid to pick up a drop shot. I just like, we just had a Slay Nation event on Sunday, right? Yep. And my co-director, who's my fishing partner, he's finesse. He had the drop shot all day and was catching them. Yeah. And I just, I, I could not, I did it. I wouldn't catch anything right back to the jig. Um, so, you know, I, I, I like hot months. Um, you know, I just, I just love summertime. Yep. It makes me, it makes me feel good. But, um, I mean, if I had to choose, that's what it would be. Even yeah. though May's probably nicer. Getting in the summer. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I'm with you, though, when it comes to throwing a jig. Like, I, I can remember specifically uh, one of the guests that we had on. As a matter of fact, it's the guy who probably just removed me from first place of the tourney that I'm in, Tim Jacks. <laughs> he, uh, he's, he's a hell of an angler. And we would go, and, you know, he's always like, he's always saying, I wish I had the confidence in a jig the way that you do. You know, he's like, I just, I wish you did. And I had never really fish mainly when i f- would fish prior with a jig it was it was from the bank so yeah. i was looking more for like strategically breaking down a section where i was and casting over to it now he's he moves pretty quick with the trolling motor so as we're going yeah. i'm just pitching into weeds like as fast as i can doing much yeah. much quicker retrieves than i would normally do i'd spend a little bit more time with it but yes. when i would get bit i would get bit and that was yeah. that's why I like the jig. It was like because yeah. when you need it, it's really good. Just this last weekend, yeah. I had a moment where I was throwing the BBZ rat, um, okay, top water, and it was great. I mean, you're talking full moon, storm front. I mean, it doesn't matter. I could I could throw I could throw an old shoe and it probably get bit. <laughs> but I'm throwing the BBZ rat. I tied my PB on it. I throw I I, I you know do the whole CPR measure, release that yep. fish, cast back over to that area, gets hit immediately. Fish, much smaller fish, jumps up, yep. shakes, and then spits the lure. I grab that yep. lure. I grab my jig rod, caught him again. And that's why I like the jig. I always follow with a jig. And if I miss Absolutely. it on the jig, I follow with a Senko. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. just my there general rule. That's <laughs> there just you how go, I work. Man. Is there any yeah. – now, you said you like extreme weather, and I definitely get that, especially on the colder end. I, I As long as there's open water, I will yeah. go out. Even if I've got to take a break and go warm up and come back out, um, yep. I'll go and do that. I love it when it snows. There's something about yeah. that, you know, once you get a little bit of – uh, of the yeah. frozen precipitation when it snows, it can really yeah. be great. Is there any yeah. kind of like an extreme weather condition where you're just like, I'm out. <laughs> you're just not going to mess with it. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, you know, obviously thunder and lightning, man. Yeah. That's something no one should play with. Yeah. Um, you know, we had, uh, you know, I, we fish in torrential downpour, our AOI championship 
uh, two years ago for a trail I was directing. I mean, it downpoured, but it only downpoured for an hour. I mean, torrential. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I had to scoop out water out of the canoe. I mean, every friggin' two minutes. Um, but I knew the forecasts didn't call for thunder or, or lightning. So you can we feel fine, comfortable. But yeah. Yeah. I felt comfortable. Yeah. I mean, but on Sunday, this past Sunday, same thing happened. But at the end of the event, with an hour left, it just came down. Yeah. And I mean, as a director, we were going to head in anyway to get things prepared. But um, at like two o'clock when it was supposed to end, you heard that first thunder. And um, that's when I just gave the text. Hey, everybody, get, everybody, get back. In, get, you know, hug the shoreline and, uh, you know, get back safely. And the wind started picking up. So, yep. I mean, I like the thing is I like fishing in the cold, open water. Like you said, with us, if it's snowing out, I just feel like you know everything gets quiet. It's yeah. just you out there. It's calm. It's something about it, right? Yep. Um, but I don't ice fish. You know, that's me personally. I never ice fished because mm-hmm. it freaks me out. Um, and uh, but I mean, heat. I don't mind it. Um, you know, as long as you're as long as you're safe with it, right? As yeah, long as exactly. you're safe with it, take breaks and you hydrate and all that then it's good, you know, especially if the bite's on, shoot. Um, yeah, you just got to You don't want to come it. off. Yep. But, yeah, so that would be about it. Now, as far as your preferred bodies of water, are you looking for more, like, small lakes and ponds? Are you looking for more larger bodies of water to break down section by section? Or are you looking for current? Um, yeah, definitely, um, you know, me personally, you know, when we so put it this way, every time like you know when you ask me questions, my thought process, I'm always in director mode. Exactly. So I'm think I'm thinking about where how I book our events, right? And up here in Connecticut, there's a few factors that go in hand. Yep. When I apply for permits, parking is the biggest issue. We, we only get yeah, we only get fifty percent of parking. Yep. With a, a state because you have to keep the other fifty percent open for patrons in the in the community. So we have over fifty members in the Slade Trail, and we don't have a whole bunch of large bodies of water with large parking lots. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not doing events on Candlewood Lake. It's yep. not very safe for us, um, you know, with all the traffic there. So, you know, I'm choosing lakes, you know, pretty much between 300 acres and 600, let's say. Right. Yep. Um, and really, yeah, I look, obviously we go through past events, you know, did we all do well? Um, I choose different times a year. Some bodies of water fish better. Uh, depending on the time of the spawn. Oh, for you sure. Know? Um, and, and just the seasonal, uh, you know, uh, weather as well. Um, and, uh, you know, but we stay off any rivers. We don't do any rivers. Um, like the Connecticut River would probably be the only one up here uh, in Connecticut that we would hold one on, but it's just too vast. Um, yep. It, it, I could just see a lot of the Jumbo people, you know, not being able to go too far before they kill their battery. So we do a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of smaller, uh, smaller lakes, larger ponds. Yeah. If you, if you That's a good um, idea. You know, and, that, and that's what we do. Like, you know, we were, the lake we were at this past weekend was a not perfect size. It was perfect. But the traffic on there, I mean, there was people on water skis at 630 um, that in the morning. morning. And uh, Oh, my God. Right off the bat, dude. Right off the bat, it no. was just a, a circus. And, you know, you're like, I, I get it. I get it. Right. People love the water as much as all of us. Right. Yep. But when you're trying to fish, you know, it's it drives you up a wall for sure. Um, but, you know, so that, I mean, I typically look, um, you know, where other tournaments have been held. So I'm not going to choose places where 
Um, no tournaments have ever been held before because uh, most likely it's not a good body of water. Yep. Right. We have there's a lot of shallow places here in Connecticut. You know, max uh, depth is six feet. That's not going to be a great spot in the middle of the summer. Yeah. Uh, you know, late June to late August. Um, the, it's just not. Um, and so, and also winter kill, you know, um, in places like that, I don't want to go fish somewhere like that. Cause I know there's a good chance that those fish might not have survived yeah. well, this winter. We didn't really have bad ice over, right? Let's be honest. There was no, not much ice. This nothing winter. at all for a lot of us. Um, but those are like some of the factors that come in mind when I'm thinking of places. Yep. Um, you know, personally, like when I go on my own, my honey holes and things like that, I mean, I, I like places that have a variety. I love rock. Right. Yep. Some riprap, some boulders. And I love I love some nice weeds. Yep. And um, if I can get, you know, because you could figure out a few different patterns off that. Oh, you definitely. Absolutely. Now, uh, you definitely mentioned one of these, your confidence bait being your main confidence bait being a jig. Tell oh, yeah. me uh, what, what's your other two to round out your top three confidence confidence baits. Top three. So the t- other, uh, you know, uh, is a fluke, a super fluke. OK. Right. Uh you know, I love to modify my flukes. I, I, uh, that's like, you know, so you know how you said you pick up a Senko after a jig or you yep. follow up? I do the same thing with a fluke. Yep. Okay. Um, and then the third one, you know, if I had to choose, it's a close three and four. Um, but I love throwing a jerk bait or a crankbait. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I just feel confident, you know, with those, you know, they just mimic minnows so well mm-hmm. um, or shad or whatever you're trying to, you know, match. Um, so those would probably be my top three. Yeah. No, and they're solid. I mean, they definitely they definitely perform. This this year was a big year. It was the first uh, first year I ever caught anything with a jerk bait. I've got a, a handful of them in different sizes, and yeah. they're like I think someone this year had pointed it out to me. They're like, you got to think of it as like the finessiest of the moving bait presentations. Like if you yeah. get a good suspending jerk bait, it is it can be, just be absolutely killer. I want to yeah. Kinda, well, once yeah, the thing with a jerk bait is you, you just that cadence. What, yeah. what, what do the fish want? You want jerk, jerk, pause, jerk, 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 pause. Is the pause 10 seconds or, you know, yeah. if you hate to say it, a minute? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It all depends, but it's a fun date to catch fish on. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Let's talk. Let's get specifically into tournaments. Um, so you kind of mentioned how you had, had grown into Slay Nation. Tell me about Slay Nation and talk about how people can get, you know, get into it. What's your experience been like over the, over the time that you've been, been working on it and, uh, and where can people find more information if they want to check it out? Yeah, absolutely. So Slay Nation tournament fishing is, it's a small boat tournament trail. When we say small boat, we mean the three main smallest vessels, kayak, canoe, jumbo. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and we pride ourselves that our mission statement is, providing uh, tournament opportunities for the everyday angler, uh, making it affordable and making it enjoyable and inclusive. Yep. Okay. Um, you know, you know, max, max is a trolling motor. So no bit, no gas stuff, right. You're either paddling, you know, pedaling or trolling. Gotcha. Um, and uh, you know, what we wanted to do is make it a trail for the members. So yeah, there's a $60 membership fee, which you can go on our website, slaynationturnitfishing.com yep. membership tab. And you pay $60 for the season or for the year. And it tells you what's included in there. Every Slay Nation member gets a Slay Nation jersey. It's a 100% polyester long sleeve, UPF 50. Um, Last year, we just had the Slay Nation logo on the front and three logos on the back from three partners. Mm -hmm. This year, we have every single partner on the front uh, uh, and the back. And, you know, it looks like a a real tournament jersey. We've grown. Um, We had a title sponsor, Filthy Anglers. 
Uh, they provided free face buffs for every single member that signed up. That's awesome. Um, you know, so right off the bat, you're getting a jersey. You're getting a free, fa- like legitimate free face buff. From, like we don't use that membership fee to pay for those. That was donated. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, we have over 30 discount codes, 30 discount codes for all members to use, ranging from 10% to 50% off. Like oh, unheard of, unheard of. Um, we, we uh, every member's name's going to get drawn into a raffle. We were going to raffle off. Uh, Filthy Anglers does a filth fest every August up in Maine. It's yep. like a big get together. Um, you know, regular patrons, if you wanted to be in it, I think they take max 65 people. You pay like 200 to $300 for one ticket um, for food and lodging and you fish a tournament the next day. Oh, that's great. We're going to raffle off a free trip to a Slay Nation member. So let's just say you were a California member. Yep, and your name gets drawn. Filthy Anglers is going to fly you out for free, Get lodge it. you, feed you. I mean, you're talking almost a thousand bucks or more. Yeah, like that's freaking awesome. Yeah, it's huge. Um, and and you would have got some gear, um, you know. And the membership fee, what we use, we that supports the trail. That's how we buy hog troughs for people to use at events. That's we use it for raffle giveaway prizes, uh, other than the ones our, our sponsors help give. Yep. Um, so you know, our format is a hundred percent cash payout. So, if Bobby, you fish one of our events, you pay the entry fee. Let's just say it's fifty dollars. All entry fees are getting paid back out the same day. Yeah, so you know that, what I mean? all There's that entry no, fee is the cash prize. Exactly. That's yeah. Awesome. So it's not the director taking a percentage, right? Um, yeah. Anything like that. It it gets paid right back out. Now let now we pay first, second, third, and lunker, right? Big bass of the event. So mm-hmm. we pay out four spots. Let's just say you don't finish in the money. Your boat number, like we give out boat numbers before each tournament uh, yep. for, for this specific reason. We draw boat numbers, and that's how members have opportunities to win these raffle prizes. Gotcha. If you win money, you cannot win a prize, right? You already, you're taking home cold, hard cash. You yeah. Know? yeah, you've already so, won. Exactly. So for someone that maybe had a horrible day, maybe they had a horrible week at work, whatever it might be, they have an opportunity of winning two bags of you know, wicked weights, you know, tungsten products, yep. uh, filthy anglers hat and, and fishing gloves, uh, you know, a $50 gift certificate to yak attack, um, a $400 gift certificate for a torpedo. Like, you know, we want to make sure that the members feel um, appreciated and um, like, you know, you're getting something when you join our trail, yeah. you know, as decal, you're not just getting a decal and five discount codes, you know, and, that, and it, that's the feel um, that we want in all of our trails. Um, and so, uh, you could fish as a team too. So if you and I want to fish as teammates, yeah, we fish as teammates for the whole season. Um, so, you know, the entry fee is the same, no matter if you're solo or with a partner. So you're solo, it's still 50 with a partner. It's still 50. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. It just depends on what you want to choose. You could substitute, uh, um, you could substitute your partner twice in the season. Let's just say, I couldn't fish. I have family obligation that weekend or a wedding yep. or something. You could find a sub. And then a substitute pays a substitution fee, which is just $15, right, yeah. for that day that they show up. And that substitution fee kind of just replicates a, a membership fee for the day um, so they can uh, get the access to win a raffle giveaway if they get entered. Mm-hmm. And that word, that uh, substitution fee gets put into the lunker pot that day. So now we just up the ante a little bit. That's That's um, awesome. You know, people love that. People love it. Um, so, you know, that, that's it in a nutshell. But everything's on the website. We have a ladies-only trail right now. We have 20 ladies around the country doing it online. 
Um, you know, and that's also on the website, slaynationtournamentfishing.com. Our Instagram page is our main marketing thing. Um, you yeah, know, media uh, content. That's definitely the big trend right now. Instagram for, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, I mean, so, so many different niche um, interests all over the place are just on, and fishing is definitely one of those where Instagram is, is oh, huge for that. I mean, the, just the visual of, of everything, all the marketing tools, like it's, it's huge. Yeah. That's freaking cool, man. That sounds like you got a, you got a damn good organization running over there. That is cool. And I definitely see where a lot of people would be into, you know, oh sure. I've, you know, I've got, I've got to join and be a member, but at the same time, like there's a lot of incentive to get out and compete with all of these, all of these tournaments that are going on regularly. Yeah, and you know, absolutely, it's a lot of fun. And the fact, like you said, it's it's tailored toward the everyday angler. That's awesome. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it's all. And that's and also as a member, you could fish the other trails. Like oftentimes, yeah. we always get the mass guys in Connecticut, Connecticut guys up there. Yeah, we have Pennsylvania going to Jersey, and, and you can cross compete. Um, you know what I mean? And and, and that's where the camaraderie, you know, uh, really is built. And the slave, you know, we call it a slave family. So if you were to sign up, I give you a personal email. Yep. Hey, Bobby, welcome to Slave Family. We appreciate you. What's your jersey size? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that, that stuff goes a long way. And I think, you know, when you think about yourself, you know, if you receive an email, you know, someone greeting you, thanks for being a part of this. Like, it makes you feel good. Exactly. It makes you feel welcome. Yeah. And, I, and you know, and, and uh, that's important to us. That's yeah. like, that's our backbone is to make sure people feel comfortable. No, that's awesome, man. And I like I, it's it's so funny because for years now, I've been I get competition and I see what it can do to people as far as the way it can really engage them in a in a totally yeah. totally different way. And absolutely. and it's like this is this is killer. This is absolutely killer. Let's get back yeah. to uh, your specifics when it comes to fishing. Um, so there's there's this one question that's been really really kind of like a buzz with all the guests here. And the question yeah. is this: so there's that saying that fishing tackle catches more fishermen than it catches fish. In your <laughs> lifetime, and you've 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 been fishing for since you were a kid. In your lifetime, what do you think the most ridiculous tackle trend uh, has been that's been out there? In your opinion, and the follow up is: Have you been guilty of using it? <laughs> Good question. I mean, there's just so many that it's so hard. To it's hard really to narrow down. Think. If you want to you give me a I mean? short list, like a top three or top five, I'm I'm totally game for that. It really, I mean, there's a lot that I'm impressed with. That's yeah. the thing is I, I feel like there's so much, there's so much that you, that impresses that have actually worked. Right. But I also think these trends here. Are, so I'll answer the question, but I'll also put a twist on it because I think a lot okay. of these trends, pe- people don't understand when these trends come out, that doesn't mean they're always going to work in your region, you know? So for True. example, if someone like that's that's why I think a lot of anglers purchase with their eyeballs, right, and not with their the fishing instinct. Mm-hmm. Is because you see a pro use it and they did well in a in an elite event or MLF or something, right? Yep. Listen, they were fishing on the California Delta when they were using it, and that is a technique specific to California fishing. Yep. Why the hell, you know, that that's probably not going to work in a Connecticut lake or pond or something. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, those are some things to take in mind. Just because you saw someone catch, you know, 50 fish on it and do well in a tournament across the country or depending on where they were, mm-hmm. you've got to take that into mind. Even when you get uh, pro tips, when you watch certain videos, you know, a lot – they're working for sponsors, guys, right? It's so a good they're point. Trying, they're, they're selling the product. They're not going to tell you, hey, this technique works really well up yep. in Michigan 
on the Great Lakes. They're just going to say in general, hey, here's how you rig it. I was fishing in this kind of, you know what I mean? Like certain techniques work well in certain places. Like I think one thing that popped in my head as soon as you started asking me the question was the big swim bait movement, right? Yeah, that's where I thought you were going with it. Yeah. You know, Um, and and I'm going to get to, you said, am I guilty of it? Right. And so not only am I guilty, I'm airbrushing my own, dude. And so, (laughs) so, you know, I, I followed it and I have friends up here in Connecticut that throw it. And here's my, the big swim bait stuff. I think like when you look at a Roman maid or a toxic bait suck, you know, Cesar Chavez over there in California, that's the name of the, the company. Like it looks like art. I would. I'm afraid to even. One, I wouldn't want to spend that much money. Just you know, put that out there first. I'm not spending 300 bucks on a on a fishing lure. I'm sorry, just not. Unless you know, unless I'm fishing for you know a living. Um, but it, it's artwork, right? It's artwork first to me. I'm like, all right, damn, that lure looks dope. Um, you know, look at that Roman made mother. Like, holy crap, yeah. You know. But then I'm like is that really going to work for me? Like, you know, the tournament guys that use these big swim baits, sometimes they do horrible in events, you know, they might, mm-hmm. they probably catch, uh, they might catch one fish, but all right. And it might not even be the, the lunker of the day. I don't, I think there's a time and place for that, but I mean, the big swim bait thing, I can't get into it. I've airbrushed them. I just did a few, I just sent some one to my Pennsylvania director. Yep. Um, and I have a bluegill swim bait, which I will practice with. Um, and, uh, I mean, that's the only technique that comes to my mind. Like I'm thinking of old school lures too. I was thinking of the flying lure. Do you remember the flying lure? That's one that came up before is the flying lure. Yeah. You know, I actually was a huge fan of the flying lure as a kid. I had, I just, when my uncle passed away, um, like whatever, 12 years ago, my aunt was cleaning out uh, the garage and his, and his, in his room and he had a brand new flying lure. Yeah. The flying lure, you know, my, I love that. Like it worked. Like, you know, I caught a lot of fish. I still have, I still throw it. I still throw it. Yeah. Uh, if I'm near like a dock or something like that, I have to get under something. I looked into uh, that and that was a big, big point with that lure. It's like, it's very handy. If you need to get under some cover that's close to the water. Remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it, it's, it, it it's did what it needed to, what it was supposed yeah. to. Yeah. It, it's a tube that glides, you know, that glides out, you know, yep. is the weight, the way the weight is transferred. Um, so, I mean, the swim bait thing, um, some people love it. Some people um, are afraid of it, right, because they're just intimidated. You know, I'll, I'm probably falling that. Like, I'm intimidated. I don't have the right gear for it, the right rod and reel. Mm-hmm. I think if you have the right setup, you know, you'll be better off. Um, but I just also think, you know, anglers, we're consumers. We see our eyeballs. We see our favorite angler catch something on a brand-new technique. Yeah. And, um and I think we get caught up in that, but I think at the end of the day, and it's always been tried and true, whatever you're confident in, you throw. Yeah. That's, that's what's going to make you feel more comfortable on the water because we all try these techniques. Some might work. Okay. All right. That worked today. I'll put that in my arsenal. And then other times you're like, all right, I spent $80. I didn't catch a thing and I'm probably going to never use, um, use it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's the only thing that comes to my mind would be the swim bait uh, thing. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you, you know, that's the thing. There was someone that, that had, had said when you throw any kind of a bait, you've got to throw it knowing that it's probably – it could already be gone. Like, you know, you get it hung up <laughs> yeah. somewhere, something like that. Like, you know, and, and that's the thing. Like, you can't throw something 
and fish it with the level of confidence you need if you're worried about, you know, I don't want to get this thing snagged up. You know, it's like that's just going to kill it for you. It's just not going to jive. And it's funny because I find that a lot of people like – Everybody has their their go to. We'll so I'll call it like the eighty percent of the stuff in their tackle bag is the stuff yeah. that they're always going to be buying. They're always going to be buying these baits and green pumpkin and black and blue because they work. They're always going to be buying the the stuff that they're they're just gonna they're gonna be re upping because they they go through it and they use it that often. But then there's always that other one, like you said, fishermen they shop, you know, and you. You see something and you want to give it a shot to see if it's worth it. And maybe it becomes a new confidence bait. Maybe it's not. I'll give you a a good example is the Whopper Plopper. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are crazy about the Whopper Plopper and have huge results on it. I've caught some fish on a Whopper Plopper. I get why it works. Um, Yeah. I haven't had the most, but I've had countless friends of mine tie them on and they're like, oh, I heard it's amazing. And then they throw it and then they're not you know just they're not like buried in fish in the boat and they're just like this thing's a piece of shit (laughs) like you know it's a a lot of it just has to do with the the style of of how you fish and 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 knowing like what you got to do and also not giving up you know you just got to keep yes keep pushing with it you know yeah i think that's the other thing too that is if you are going and 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 that's just to be fair if you are going to try a technique one time two times isn't enough you got to give it a fair try and you got to get try to get it in front of some fish too, yeah. which I understand. Um, so that is the whole other element to it. Did you give it a fair try? Did you go to a body of water where you thought you know you can give it an opportunity to work or not? But whopper plopper, even myself, I'm not. I have them. I don't catch a lot on them, so I'm just like that's just not for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's just it's just one of those one of those those buzzworthy baits where everybody talks about it and it's, you know, it can, uh, it can, it definitely, definitely raises some eyebrows. That's for sure. Now, have you ever done any, any traveling specifically to fish? Have you ever gone somewhere and said, I'm going to this lake, I'm going, you know, anywhere in the country or the world? No, no, man. I've been a homebody. I uh, just, it's just hard to travel with family. Oh yeah. Uh, Family, family does make it much tougher. You know, it's just tough to do. The only time, I mean, if we go, if we're, you know, we go camping or something, yeah, we try to plan it around a body of water, you know. Yep. I mean, I've, tra- you know, traveled Lake Champlain and stay up there, um, in Plattsburgh. And, you know, that was on per- when I first was dating my wife. I planned a trip up there to Lake Champlain and she, she just, she never checked how far it was. She's like, babe, how far is it? I was like, oh, it's only three hours away. It was like a seven hour drive. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she didn't know. So we're driving. Literally, she had no idea we're driving. It's a three hour march. She's like, are we are we there? I'm like, uh, I'm like, I look further. at waves and like, oh, another four hours. <laughs> so we stayed we stayed like on a peninsula on a beautiful little uh, like cabin, little lake house. Yep. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, um, it was a great trip. I got her in the kayak. She was catching smallies. That's awesome. Um, so I mean, uh, that's probably the only time I really chose a destination. I knew I wanted to go fish. Um, cause then after that, just life got busy. I worked a lot of weekends for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever we did, uh, you know, have a vacation, it was always with everybody, the whole family. So I didn't have much say in that. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I totally understand that. It's funny because <laughs> Champlain is one of the, it I'll say this, it's the first body of water that I want to hit on my travel bucket list. It's, it's Champlain. Oh yeah. Like I've, I've been, I've been talking to a, to a guide up in that area and I got a trip I want to do with a couple of buddies of mine just to get that whole Champlain experience. I think it'd be amazing. 
Um, now, that leads into the next question. Is there a body of water or a handful of bodies of water that are on your bucket list where you're like, you know, when the kids are a little bit older and I can maybe carve out a weekend to get out and do this, or maybe maybe there's a Slay Nation tournament there and you want to go and fish it, you know, where yeah. are those bodies of water you would be interested in? Absolutely. I would love to, you know, there, there, there's a bunch. I mean, obviously, I would love to go to, like, the St. Lawrence River one day, you know, and anything oh, up there on Ida Lake. You know, Cayuga, uh, you know, that whole area I would love to at some point just because the smallmouth fishing up there is phenomenal, right? Yep. Um, as we see in here. And, um, you know, California, I would love to get to the Delta or even Clear Lake, you know, mm -hmm. one time or another. And then, you know, someplace in, in Texas, Lake Fork, Lake Amistad, oh, yeah. um, Falcon Lake, you know. And then obviously in Mexico, El Salto, you know, <laughs> yeah. the biggins. That's um, that's my big goal right there. The Mexican you know, bass are monsters. Forget it. Yeah, you you'll never I mean the thing about that trip, imagine you go and you're catching these 13, 14 pounders and you come back home to Massachusetts and Connecticut. <laughs> oh yeah. It would ruin it would ruin our life. We'd Just be like, retire. everything is small. <laughs> I know. At that point Seriously. I'm gonna take up professional carp fishing. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. And then uh and one more lake, uh, Lake Murray in South Carolina. I'd like to do that, which mm -hmm. um, a, a little something. There, there is some stuff in the works for 2021. Um, I can't give out too much information, but I was uh, might be helping uh, hold and direct a celebrity oh. fishing tournament down there next year. You heard um, it here, folks. First. Yeah, so we, wow. we'll see. Yep, with another buddy of mine who runs another little apparel and decal company. Um you know, I had a great Zoom meeting last week, uh, and there's some, you know, some very popular country music stars um, that'll be involved in an upcoming uh, music star. So uh, when I when I can disclose all that, um, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Um, so we'll see. That'll be a great opportunity. That's huge, man. That is congrats, man. I hope it. I yeah. hope it comes together for you. That's that's I'll awesome. So far, so good. But you know, we'll see with COVID and everything else. Oh, exactly. So let's talk about your, I, I have a couple of questions here that are sort of like general fishing questions. And these yeah. are, are kind of about gear. Um, now, being that you're a small boat fisherman, I assume that space is a priority. Generally yeah. speaking, how many combos are you taking out with you? I generally take six or seven. Okay. Right? Okay. That's good. So, that's good. Cause yeah. I wasn't sure I, I, I have this. I was like, what is your top five? If you had to minimalize that, what is yep. your, your, your typical rod and reel arsenal or go-to top five combos? Yeah. So, you know, just like any tournament angler, I try to cover the, the water column. Yep. Right. Trying to cover the whole water column. So obviously a jig, a fluke. Now the thing with a fluke is I can use that as a top water bait too. I can make it skip up top, you know, as I'm mm. dragging it back like a fleeing bait fish. Um, you know, not that I like to, but I always have a drop shot on uh, chatter bait, right? Obviously. I mean, chatter bait is, I mean, right. The friggin' hottest lure there is right now. And super um, versatile. You can do you know, so it, much it, with it. It so is. It so is. And then lastly, uh, the round out my top five is, um, you know, probably just your traditional Texas rig, you know, with yep. a wicked weight tungsten bullet weight on there pegged and, mm -hmm. you know, whatever creature bait, uh, or Senko I want to, you know, Texas rig on there. Nice. Nice. Very nice. Now a twist to that question, let's say you're going out to an unknown body of water. And the only thing that you've been told about it is that it's kind of got a little bit of everything. So it's kind of got a little bit of lily pads. It's got a little bit of wood, a little bit of rocks, some weeds, but it's not all choked up with vegetation. 
But the thing is, you can only bring one combo with you. And it doesn't have to be from your arsenal. You could, like, let's say you walk into whatever tackle store you want, and you can construct it. Build that okay. rod. And you can only oh. have one spool of line. So it's not like you can carry a second spinning spool or something. I know, like, a lot of kayak guys will do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, like, one setup. So, yep. I mean, I will be honest. I'm a, I'm a type of guy that... You know, rods and reels don't matter to me. I have mm-hmm. gear. I have gear that I like that's so old. I don't even know that like the names are off the the, the rods, right? Yep. So, but if I got to choose, if I yeah. got to splurge, oh, absolutely. If I had, you know, if I had Van Dam or Iconelli's bank account, um, you know, I'm going in there. I'm probably getting like a Daiwa Tatula reel. Um, you know, I don't even maybe a Saint Croix rod, uh, media, uh, uh, medium light. Or actually, no, I would say just a medium, medium action. Okay. Um, I'm going with 15-pound P-line uh, fluorocarbon, 100%. Yep. And I'm going with my go-to jig setup, which is – and it's not fancy. It's not fancy, but it, it slays – is a, uh, a half-ounce striking Bitsy Bug. Right? I There's love the Bitsy Bug. Those, those cheap – Jigs, right? Two bucks at Dick's or wherever you want to get them. Tackle Supply Depot. Yep. Black and blue with a Rage Menace Scrub, black and blue. Um, and I bite off like the first, uh, yep. I don't know, quarter of an inch or so. Super glue that sucker on that trailer. And that's it right there, dude. Yeah, that's the and combo. I could, that's the combo because the, the kickers on that, I could use it as a swim jig if you really wanted to. I could yep. swim it, get the hits on the fall, bounce it on the bottom. And sometimes you can even use jigs as top water if you have some pads or something. You could drag it over the top. Oh um, yeah. And those those legs will kick if you if you're you know reel it fast enough. So that's that's what I'm going with, man. Yeah. I just it's so funny. I just bought a uh, a Shimano Corrado. Uh, the, oh, the, nice. The, the XG. So it's like an eight. What is it? It's like an eight speed reel. It's the fastest reel I own, and it's yeah, are- it's changed the way I fish. A lot. I bet, dude. Yeah, yeah. It, it really, really has. And uh, uh, it's it's got me thinking I want to make a cu- – I want to throw another couple more in there. But really, it's like when it comes to – like I like how you said that. You're like, you know, rods and stuff, none of that really matters. For me, if I could just have that one rod and tie, yeah. you know, whatever on that way, I would just to make life yeah. that much easier. The only yeah. reason why I bring out – because I carry usually four – I have okay. five, but one of those is more for like just like, you know, hitting the bank and like pond hopping from yeah. spot to spot. I can throw most of my stuff on there, but like I'm not going to yep. throw the uh, 190 whopper plopper or the BBZ rat on it. They're just too, they're just too big. Uh, yeah. But I can, you know, go finesse enough where I can drop shot it and everything else. Uh, the only reason why I carry more rods is so that I've got something to go to that I can just grab and have. It's yeah. like golf clubs, you know? You're yep. just like, I got to be able to switch it out really, really easy. But yeah, exactly. you know, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you got to go, go toward your confidence bait a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, you just gotta, you know, versatility is, is, is the thing, you know, and that's, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. With no budget, why wouldn't you go all out St. Croix rods and, you know, nice. <laughs> no. Absolutely. If you really want to know what I have, forget it. You'd slap me. The, well, what's funny is, so I've actually, I've asked this question now, I think four or five interviews and like, you know, a lot of people, they just, you know, uh, we had, I think it was, it was actually, it was Todd Grubb two weeks ago, uh, had, uh, had said in his, he's like, oh, I just bring my frog and set up. That's it. You know, I, I bring that cause I can do. Yeah. 
you know, I can throw. He's, he's a topwater guy. He's a heavy, heavy, yep. heavy topwater guy. So he's like, yep. this way I can throw pretty much everything that I've got on it. That would be it. And, you know, it's like, it's funny to see what different anglers will say. Because even though, even though we are very similar in a lot of ways, we're yep. so unique at the same, with the way we like to approach what we do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What did I tell you guys? We have a great, great episode. Just another heads up. Uh, we had to wrap that interview a little bit quickly because as I was recording with Frank, uh, he, we were in the middle of a, uh, a pretty bad storm during the whole tropical storms that had recently kind of come through the area. And uh, he had a tree that had fallen in his road and it had taken out some power lines. So he, we had to cut it kind of early. Um, there is, I did want to ask him one last question. We're going to try and get that for you guys on a future episode. But all is well over at, uh, at, at Frank's place in his neighborhood. Uh, things are, 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 are good, and uh, you know, so don't worry about that. But yeah, we will uh, get that last question in, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll take it from there. But a quality episode nonetheless, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, torrential rain and winds can't stop us, that is for sure. Uh, they might be able to stop me in a kayak, but not this show. That's That's true that's that's a thing uh one quick mention i want to throw out that uh sean and i are actually uh we in a, in a upcoming episode we have a sort of a, a dual review happening of some equipment we are uh reviewing the 13 fishing concept a bait casting reel and we're reviewing them in completely different uh ends of the spectrum for gear ratio uh so it'll be pretty interesting um sean has been fishing with his a little bit already i uh, i'm waiting on actually mine's on order over at uh, old glory outdoors and i'll be putting that onto my uh seven six uh seven six heavy jig rod and i'm looking Looking forward to it. I can't wait. I can't wait to spool it up and have some fun with it. Sean, what do you think so far? Well, to give the brief history, you know that I've been a loyalist to a certain brand of reel for probably about 10 to 15 years now. Yes. Um, at, at a certain price point. And um, I'm not going to get into that company or anything. I, I've, I still love their stuff. It's just, unfortunately, they decided to not carry a low gear ratio um, reel in left hand at the price point I buy anymore. So yep. I was very disappointed. I, my My Current uh, crankbait, um, spinnerbait, chatterbait, etc. You know, my power fishing reel is um, is on its way out. It, is, it has served me faithfully probably for about five years. Um, I clean and do my own maintenance, so I kept it alive as long as I could. And I have I have beat the crap out of that reel, and it was a good reel. But I noticed that uh, around the same time that you were looking at the uh, the Concept A2s from uh, 13 Fishing, that I started poking around, and guess what they have. They low have a left gear ratio and a yeah. low gear ratio. Yeah. So I I contacted Joe at Old Glory. Um, he ordered one for me. Um, and actually, I, I think he ordered a whole ton of 13 fishing stuff at the same time. Yep. So it was waiting for me. I went and picked it up. Um, and uh, so far, I have been very pleased with it. It's really, really smooth. Um, y- you know, we'll, we'll talk about it in the review. I'm not going to yeah. get into it now. But you know my feelings on the 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 um, – Variations in magnetic spool engineering. Oh yeah, the, the uh, magnetic magnetic spool. Jesus, magnetic, magnetic brake engineering. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's this one's a little bit different. So I'm getting used to it. I don't know if I have a feeling for it yet, but I will when we talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I love it. Yes. Yeah, so far, so good. I it, mean, I'm catching fish with it. 
It's funny. I had uh, initially, I had, and the way I sort of had fallen into this was I had reached out to Joe uh, over at Old Glory, and we were were discussing. Um, I was looking to uh, put together a, a new spinning combo in medium heavy. He had recommended a reel. It was a great recommendation. And I, had, in the back of my mind, I wanted to replace the reel I've got on my jig combo uh, with another Corrado, the XG that I'm, I've been using. And I really, because I love that reel. I, I think it's fabulous. So I. I mentioned uh, that to Joe, and he had suggested, he's like, you know, I've been playing around with this Concept A, and it is just, uh, he, and he's, he uses Corrados and loves them as well. And he's like, I, it, it, it holds up right alongside. He's like, you should really try it. And I said, let's do it. Let's give it a shot. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm game to, you know, I'm not one of those people that has to have everything like lined up and matching per se. In fact, sometimes it kind of bothers me when things do that. I like them to be like just free you know it's just kind of i'm an old hippie what do you want um (laughs) but that's just kind of generally the way i like things so i i was like let's let's give it a go let's let's try it out and you know it's always good stuff i think uh i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to uh throwing some jigs and uh and seeing what this thing can do you know cool i love it so I think that about wraps it up for us uh, this time around. Am I forgetting anything? I don't think I'm forgetting anything. I should uh, mention to you guys once again, uh, of course, if uh, you have friends who enjoy fishing and enjoy the outdoors and you want to share this podcast with them, you definitely should. If they're not necessarily podcast folks, one of the things that you can 100% do is uh, just send them over to our website, jigsandbigs.com. They can check out the podcast. They can even go directly to Apple Podcasts or Spotify right from there and remember, check out our Patreon page where we've got some bonus content. We're talking about top five things that we each are into for uh, uh, for for iCast uh, this year. So these are new products, and I'll give you a little heads up. Uh, we each picked five out of about 100 products that were listed, and they nothing matches up. They're all totally different things. So these are 10 different products, you guys. We'll get to hear some feedback on what we think, what we're excited about from this uh, last virtual iCast. So pretty good stuff over there. Check out Patreon. Like I said, only 100 slots are available for uh, that $5 a month subscription. For And that you're locked in at that price. Once you're in that one first 100 group, you're locked in there. So get in early and, and, and make it happen. We'll, we'll have some, some great content coming up for you, uh, for you in the, uh, the not-so-distant future. It's going to be good. It's going to be damn good. Thanks a lot, it's everybody. Gonna all, it's going to be almost as good as your first, and I'm going to spell this out so there's no – Mistakes. There's no confusion. Okay. A A R E P A S. That is arepas. Arepas. Like I, rolled, I rolled the R. That was delicious. My goodness. Yeah. We still have <laughs> to find a good a good uh, pl- local place for our next meeting for paella. That has to oh, happen. God, we got to knock down some paella. We need a good paella. There's got to be a yeah. paella. Yeah, absolutely. May paella be with you. <laughs> the response is, and also with you. I can't laugh at Tuar. Oh, jeez, you got problems. We got problems. We got problems. Oh, oh the, 
Did I just ruin your outro? I no. apologize. No, I'm going to leave all this in. It's great. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. You're absolutely fantastic. I, I can't express how much it means to me that you guys are downloading this and giving feedback. And uh, also, sending in your pictures, too, of great catches over on Instagram. Just send us those pics. We're glad to share them again. And we love to see you, that you guys are out there and getting, you know, whatever, inspired tips, tricks, whatever, getting fired up to fish. Just get out there and have a good time. We will see you guys in seven days. I got another really good interview. We're going to have Joe from Old Glory Outdoors on the first time in all of these episodes we're going to have Joe on. I'm recording that tomorrow, so now I'm committed to it. <laughs> you guys go ahead and uh we'll see you in a week. Fish on. Tight lines everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.